The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. John chapter number six, beginning in verse number one, the Bible says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them which were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto them, he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, To two hundred penny worth of bread isn't sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, Well, there's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. And there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Verse number 11, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Well, good morning and welcome to our Thanksgiving service here today. I don't know about you, but uh, what comes to mind when you think about Thanksgiving, all right? Let's kind of think about it for a while. How many of you are intending to probably eat some good food this week? Raise your hand. That's Part of the plan is to get some good food. Uh, how many of you cook the turkey yourself? Raise your hand. How many of you buy it? Anybody we buy it? No, nobody would buy it. All right, or at least have somebody else make it. So uh, food's usually a part of the uh, agenda this week. Uh, how about some football? Do we have any football fans in here? Anybody going to do a little uh, football? All right, so we have a few uh, football fans, and, and that's part of uh, what this week is, is about. Uh, ladies, uh, how many of you are the brave ones on Friday, some Black Friday shopping. Raise your hand, any Black Friday shopping? I'll tell you what, the, like the last place I want to be this Friday is uh, being trampled by a bunch of crowds in some mall. You know, keep me as far away from it as possible. I don't care if they're giving stuff away for free. I want nothing to do with it. I, I do find it a little ironic, and maybe this is just me. I, I find it ironic that literally on the day where we're supposed to be uh, thanking, you know, and having a spirit of gratitude, there's, there's a few few ways to express that gratitude, like trampling over total strangers to get more stuff. You know, I, I don't know, just something about it just seems a little bit weird to me, uh, but I guess that's a part of what this week is all about. And, and I hope, I, I hope that in the midst of the food and maybe some of the football and, and the shopping, I hope as believers, there's a part of us that recognizes that this week really is about a heart posture of gratitude of thanks and praise. And I I hope you'll take some time within your schedule this week to just give yourself to some authentic thanksgiving and some real uh, gratitude. And that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about here this morning. Now, if you've been in church for any length of time, John chapter number six is a strange 
passage to go to if we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving. There's a lot of other passages in the Bible that you would tend to go to. So we're going to just kind of unpack this a little bit this morning. Uh, And I hope by the time this message is done, you'll be like, oh, I get it. That's why we went to John uh, chapter number six. So to give you a little bit of background, Pastor Nick read this a moment ago. But in John chapter number six, Jesus has had a long day of ministry. Uh, He's been healing the sick. He's been performing miracles. He's been helping people. There's just a lot of ministry that's been going on. And so he gets with his disciples and he goes here in verse number one to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. He gets in a boat, takes his disciples, they go to the other side of the sea. I think we have a map, so you kind of get an idea of where in the Middle East uh, the Sea of Galilee would be found at. It's kind of on the northern part here of the map, uh, there in where uh, Jerusalem, Israel would be. And so he gets the Sea of Galilee, goes across, and then in verse number, uh, the end of verse number two, it talks about how he, uh, the great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he had did on them, which were diseased at verse three, and Jesus went up into a mountain where there he sat with his disciples. So he's kind of honestly trying to get a little margin. How many of you have been there in your life? You've had a busy season. You've had a lot going on. You just kind of want a little bit of space. And Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee, goes to a mountain, and yet here's all these people that are following him. They've heard about his miracles. They've seen that he can heal diseases. And so they're just, they're just following him, you know? Well, we come to verse number 3 and verse number uh, 4 and 5, and the Bible says in verse 5, it was then that Jesus lifted up his eyes. You know, he's just kind of there, and he lifts up his eyes, and the Bible says he sees the multitude, the great company, which were following after him. And it's later on in the day, and and his heart just kind of goes out to these people. You've got to remember, this is ancient Israel. They've been with them the whole day. Uh, many of them have not eaten. It's not like year 2017 where you can do a drive through at Taco Bell and pick up a little snack. I mean, this, these, these folks were hungry. And so here in verse number five, he says to one of his disciples, Philip. He turns to Philip and he says, hey, where, where are we going to go to buy all these people some bread? Which is kind of a weird question to ask. In fact, the next verse tells us here something interesting. The Bible says Jesus said this to test Philip. Interesting. It goes on to say, for Jesus knew himself already what he was going to do. All right? So he turns to Philip, one of his disciples, and says, hey, there's all these people. Where are we going to go to buy him bread? And, And Philip is not catching on to what Jesus is doing here because instantly Philip's like, oh, 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 yeah, that, that's, that's, that's right. And so he pulls out his wallet and he starts counting all his money and he says, hey, we got 200 penny worths here. And he says, if we spend all the money, he starts calculating this thing out a little bit. He's like, I, I think we'd have enough bread to give. And he goes on, notice what he says here. Uh, maybe enough for everybody to have one bite. Good job, Philip. You figured that one out. I mean, you just kind of catch what's going on here. It's, a li- it's almost a little bit silly as he's kind of talking about this a little bit. I mean, I don't know if Jesus was being sarcastic, but I think Jesus was being sarcastic a little bit here. It's just you kind of get the humanity of it. And, and then all of a sudden, notice what it says here, and he goes to verse number eight, and of Andrew buds in in verse number eight here, and Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, uh, you know, there's this lad here. I know this kid, and he brought his sack lunch with him. And you can almost imagine, like, Jesus just kind of looking like, 
we got 5,000 men here, and the best here that Andrew could come up with was, you know, here's this little brown bag with, you know, a couple, a little, little, uh, a little lunch in it, you know? And, and you can kind of almost sense that they almost start talking before they really get thinking about it, you know? Oh, I think we can buy everybody a bite. Uh, I think we have this brown lunch. And all of a sudden, they're just kind of standing there like, yeah, we didn't really think this one through, you know? There's 5,000 people. In fact, many scholars believe, because there was 5,000 men, there was well over 10,000 people there that day. There's just a whole lot of people. So we got a whole lot of people, and over here we got not enough food, all right? And that's kind of the situation we find ourselves in. So finally Jesus says, okay, fine, give me the sack lunch. Give me the, give me the bread, give me the loaves. And uh, here we go down, and uh, it says in verse number uh, 10, and Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, and the men sat down, and number, there were about 5,000 just men, all right? So probably well over 10,000 people there when you count the women and children. Verse 11, so Jesus took the loaves, notice this, and he gave thanks. I want you to, I want you to focus on this for a moment. Okay, he had given thanks. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were to have been there that day, and I was one of the disciples, and here Jesus is like, okay, we've got 10,000 people, we've got to feed, and there's this crowd that's hungry, and Jesus grabs this little sack lunch from this little boy, and he's standing there, and all of a sudden, he begins to just thank God. And, and you could imagine how Jesus would do this. Father, thank you for providing as he holds up this little brown bag, <laughs> little sack lunch. Now, if I were there, and I, I know this is Jesus, and he does miracles and all this kind of stuff, but if, if it were me, I mean, and I don't know if they bowed their head and closed their eyes when they prayed or whatever, however they did that, but I could just imagine maybe a few of the disciples looking up at Jesus and thinking to themselves, I think Jesus has gone crazy. We got 10,000 people here. There's a little brown sack lunch, and Jesus is like, Father, thank you. You have provided. <laughs> And I'm sure there are people in that crowd like, I don't know what is going on. You, you kind of you get the humanity of this because we read through stories like this and we're just like, oh yeah, we know the end of the story. And we don't put ourselves in the, in the middle of the story and what that would have felt like and how that would have seemed. And honestly, there's probably a lot of people there that day are thinking, this is crazy. Why is Jesus thanking the Father for his provision? When there's 10,000 people, a whole lot of people, and not enough food. Like, thanks for what? What is Jesus thanking God for? That's the big question. And then we keep reading, and it says, it says in the disciples, it says that he distributed to the disciples these bread and fishes. Then the disciples distributed to them that were set down, and then they passed it along. And likewise of the fish, so they did the same thing with bread, then they did it with the fish. Notice this, verse 12. And they, talking about the 10,000 people, were all filled. It doesn't just say they got a bite. It doesn't just say they got to take a little bit. I mean, this was like, this was like they were Thanksgiving evening stuffed. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Thanksgiving evening stuff. You ever been there before? How many of you, uh, you've been Thanksgiving evening stuff, you know, and you've, you, you, you know, you have all the things you're eating before, and then you eat the Thanksgiving dinner, and then by the evening you have to have Thanksgiving leftovers. How many of you get to Thanksgiving night and you don't even want to look at 
food, you know, because you know for the next three days, every morning, you're going to be having turkey and eggs, you know, and turkey sandwiches and turkey casserole. You know, you were just Thanksgiving stuff. That's what's happening. They were filled. They were like Thanksgiving stuff. And so here's the theme for the message this morning that I want you to kind of try to get your head around, and that's this. Jesus thanks the Father before the Father works the miracle. Let that sink in for a moment. Jesus thanks the Father before the Father works the miracle. These two words, given thanks, give thanks, become a bridge in this story between not enough, 10,000 people, one bag of food. It becomes the bridge from not enough to more than enough. How did the disciples go from having not enough to having more than enough? And we see the bridge in this story is a spirit of thanksgiving. Now, it's an interesting Bible study, if you've never done it before, to go through the scriptures and look at all the places where Jesus gives thanks before the Father does a miracle. He does it here with the feeding of the 5,000. He thanks God. He thanks the Father for the provision before the blessing ever takes place, before the miracle ever takes place. But it's not the only place that this happens. There was a time where Jesus was asked to come and heal Lazarus. But instead of coming right away to heal his friend Lazarus, he waits a while and Lazarus ends up dying. His friend dies. Lazarus' sisters are all worked up. They said, Jesus, if you would have come sooner, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Jesus makes his way to where Lazarus was buried. But an interesting thing, if you've never noticed it before... The Bible says that Jesus thanks the Father for hearing and answering his prayer before Lazarus is raised from the dead. Before the blessing, before the miracle, Jesus thanks the Father. It's a theme that you'll see throughout Scripture. You see it before they take the Last Supper. Jesus thanks the Father. You see that before he goes to the cross, that Jesus thanks the Father. That there is the spirit of thanksgiving, the spirit of praise, the spirit of gratitude that exists in the heart and life of Jesus before the blessings and before the miracles. It's interesting. So here's what I want you to notice from this passage this morning, and that's simply this, that in this passage, John chapter number 6, and and many other passages throughout Scripture, we see that thanksgiving actually precedes the miracles. Thanksgiving precedes the miracles. If you're jotting down notes, just write that down. Thanksgiving precedes the miracles. Uh, Most of us who are believers in this room, we have uh, certain uh, spiritual disciplines that we participate in on a regular basis. And, and, and for some of us, that's getting into the Word of God and reading it and, and maybe memorizing some portions of it. And, and uh, for others, meditating upon the Word of God. And, and then there are spiritual disciplines like prayer and, and meditation and a lot of different spiritual uh, 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 disciplines and rituals that we'll go through to help foster our faith in Christ. And, and one of the things that has been a part of my life for many, many years is journaling. I, I've done it for 
literally for years and years, and I have lots and lots of different journals, and I have journals for, for everything. I, I do have basic journals that are basically, here's what happened today, and this is what's going on. And I, I, I remember um, I was going through a while back, and I, I found the journal that I was using in the early 2000s during the time uh, when I met Jenny. It was kind of interesting because before I met her, I was kind of interested uh, in this other girl, and so a lot of my journal posts were about this, this other girl and, you know, talking to her or whatever the case may be and, and things. And then, and then there, I see this notation. It says, it says, September 6, 2002, I met this girl on a bus. Her name was Jenny. That was, it was just something along those lines. She was cool. I looked back, and the other girl that I had talked about in my journal from before that, she never comes up again one single time in the rest of the history of all my journals. It's like she died or something. I don't know what happened. I, later on, I, there was a date there, and it said something along the lines of, I got to talk to Jenny today. Uh, I think I'm going to marry her, or something along those lines. You know, we have these journals, but hey, it's not just journals that record things. I, I, I'll have a particular journals where I'll just write out all the things that God's teaching me from his word. I have, I, have, I have journals where I just write out the promises of God. Every time in the scriptures where I find a promise from God's word, I'll write those promises. Uh, these three journals that I have right here, these are three that I use that I've used this week. So I have, I have many, many journals for a lot of different things, and I'm just, I'm writing things out. Uh, I have one journal that's a little bit weird because I'll go through seasons of a time where I'll just write out everything that I'm doing with all of my time and all of my energy, and then I'll evaluate every day, like really intensely, like two or three or four pages, just writing out, okay, here's what I did, here's what I did. That was man, I, I need to get better at that. I need to grow on that. Oh, that was good. Praise God. You know, and, and just kind of evaluating a little bit about how things are going. And so this is just a part of how I move through life. And journaling helps me get my thoughts straight. And, and it's kind of a, a something I do. And, and one of my journals is a prayer journal, a Thanksgiving journal, where I'll write out just all the things. And I, I literally have an entire uh, a journal of just everything I'm thankful for. Writing out, God, thank you so much for this. And thank you. You say, why? Because so often I forget all the things that I have to be thankful for. And so I'll go back to that journal and be like, yeah, that's right, I got, I got a lot to be thankful for. Sometimes in my Thanksgiving journal, I, I'll write out things I'm thankful for that haven't even happened yet. You say, how do you be thankful for something that hasn't even happened yet? I just, it's like a, it's a faith praise. I remember going through one of my journals that was posted when we were still in the old property, thanking God for the new auditorium he was going to provide for us. Just rejoicing in it. Thanking God that he was going to give us more space so we could reach more people. Well before we even knew this property was going to be something we would be able to use before I even knew this property existed. Praising God for it. It's always a cool thing when you can go back and put a date next to when God answered the thing that you're thankful and praising God for. You see, I don't know if they'll throw this on the screens, but this is what I have found. I have found that the more thankful I am, the more I have to be thankful for. The more I praise and celebrate things in my life, the more there is in my life to celebrate. That's been my experience. Thanksgiving. If you take this word that you find here, thanks, in verse number 11, and if you look at it in the original language, most of you realize the Bible was not originally written in English. It was written in uh, the Old Testament and a lot of uh, Hebrew. New Testament was a lot of Koinonia Greek. If you take this word here, you'll find that the word for thanks is a very interesting word. I'll try to pronounce it, do my best. But it's eucharisteo. 
Eucharistio. The word literally means this. It means to give thanks, to be thankful, to feel thanks or grateful. To give thanks, to be grateful, to feel thankful. See, it, it's, 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 it starts with the words, right? It's to, it, it's to declare, it's to give thanks with our lips, with our tongue. It is to be grateful. That's a, that's a mental, a cognitive exercise to actually be grateful for something. How many of you realize you can declare thanks with your lips, but not really feel thankful, not really be thankful? Have you ever been there before? You just, you're just saying words, but it doesn't come from the heart. And so what we're talking about in this passage, it's not just something you do uh, with your words. It's not just something you do with your lips. You see what Jesus was doing was something with his lips, but it was also something that was doing mentally. It was something that was happening spiritually, but it goes beyond that. Literally, he was feeling thankful. He was declaring thanks. He was being grateful. He was feeling thanks. Now get this. When Jesus is thanking God for the provision, when, God, when Christ is doing this in John chapter number 6, he is literally experiencing in advance something that has not yet happened in the physical realm. Get that. He is declaring thanksgiving. He is being grateful mentally, spiritually. He is emotionally feeling all that would go along with thanks. I'll I'll say it this way, you know. What we often tend to only experience after a blessing. Whoo, I'm thankful. Wow, that's awesome. Man, that's great. What you and I can only do after the blessing, Jesus is literally experiencing before the blessing. He's declaring thanks before the blessing. He's declaring thanks before the miracle. He is being thankful and grateful and praising before the miracle, before the blessing. He is literally experiencing it deep down on a holistic level in that way. It's a holistic, verbal, mental, emotional, spiritual thing. You see, that's, that's, what's, that's what's happening here. Now, Unless there's somebody here and you're just like, okay, this is just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. You know, are you trying to say that if I say thanks to God, then that's where blessings come from? And, I, you know, name it and claim it. That I want you to say that's not at all what we're referring to today. As you study these words, you'll find that there's a huge relationship between thanksgiving and faith. Thanksgiving and faith. Hebrews chapter number 11 verse 6 says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If we don't have faith, then we can't please God. You see, the entire Christian experience centers around the symbiotic relationship between grace and faith. God gives us grace that we do not deserve. He bestows blessings that we could never earn, and we experience what he gives us through faith. It's how we got saved by grace through faith. It's how we get sanctified and spiritually matured. It's God's grace doing a work in us as we appropriate it by faith. It is grace and faith. And that is what is being talked about here. You see, gratitude in the context of John chapter number 6, what we're talking about today, is an incredible expression of faith in action. And that is why this is so powerful. 
This is not just Jesus naming and claiming it. This is Jesus is expressing a heart posture of faith in the ability and the power and greatness of his heavenly father. And that's what makes this so powerful. You see, when we're thanking and thankful in advance, just like what Jesus was doing, we are literally expressing and enjoying and experiencing something that hasn't even happened yet in the physical realm. And that is the essence of what real faith is. Hebrews chapter number 11 says this, now faith, what is it? It is the substance of things hoped for. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. That is the essence of faith. In fact, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, faith-filled gratitude, when when we're thankful and and grateful, and when we're praising God from a a spirit of of faith, this faith-filled gratitude demonstrates that you believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. This is, this is the essence of faith. And so it's not just thanking God because I'm going to get something on the long end of it. No. You see, when we truly have a heart of, of faith, and when there's a deep belief in the word of God and the promises of God, and we believe those things deeply, it is going to express itself in what we say in thanksgiving to God, regardless of whether or not the blessing or the miracle has happened yet. It's going to express itself in being grateful and being thankful on a cognitive, mental level, whether or not we've experienced, whether or not in the physical realm we've seen it yet, because of a heart of grateful, faith filled thanksgiving we'll see that that can begin to develop even on an emotional level we'll begin to feel the emotional effects as if it's happened even if it has not happened yet in the physical realm why faith-filled gratitude what it does is it 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 uh, believes that god exists and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him why faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen so what we're talking about is faith A faith that manifests itself in the physical realm. And faith-filled gratitude is exactly that. When you are truly grateful, especially when you're grateful in advance, that's a massive expression of faith. So, here's the question. How do we become more thankful? I'm going to give you just five really quick things. Just how to cultivate a spirit of thanks. And and each one of these five things um, have two extremes to them that as human beings we tend to go to one or the other. And I think both are important, each one of these, okay? How do we cultivate a thankful spirit? Number one, practice becoming more aware of all God's goodness. Practice becoming more aware of it in big ways and small ways. Most of us are aware of God's goodness when we get the promotion. Most of us are aware of God's goodness when we get, you know, a big tax refund. Most of us are aware of God's goodness, you know, when we get the bonus at work. Most of us aware of God's goodness when we get a new home or a new car. We're aware of God's goodness in what we call the big ways. But I want to encourage you to begin to, begin to practice. Just being aware. That's all I'm talking about. Just be cognizant. Be conscious. Be aware that God is also really good in some very small ways. Some ways that we tend to take for granted day in and day out. Because we get so busy 
and we get moving through life and these blessings that are so ordinary and so routine and so small just pass us by and we don't hardly take a moment to even recognize that they're there until they're gone. And then when they're gone, we realize, man, that was God's goodness. Big ways and small. Number two, practice thanking God for all of his blessings, both in the physical and spiritual realms. Because it's easy for us to see, oh yeah, God gave me a new car. God got me a new house. God got me a new job. Whatever the case may be, physical realm. And we can tend to sit around the Thanksgiving table and and we'll talk about thanks. And, And if we're not careful, the only things that we're giving God thanks for is the physical things that he's done for us. And we want to practice thanking God for his spiritual blessings as well. What God's doing in the spiritual realm as he gives us the fruit of the spirit of love. You know what a tremendous blessing it is to know that you are loved by the God of the universe. That you are accepted and affirm in his son. And every once in a while just praise God and thank God and give gratitude for the fact that you are loved. Now what a spiritual blessing. Love, joy. If you can experience any enjoyment in your life, if you can experience joy in anything, that is a gift. It's a spiritual gift from God. And you know what? The Bible says you can even experience joy when your circumstances aren't going so great. It's called a joy unspeakable and and full of glory. It doesn't even make sense. You You can't even put it into words. It's a spiritual blessing. I think about peace. When circumstances are frustrating and life is hard and things are getting difficult, And it seems like the boss is just being overbearing. Your kids are being crazy and your wife just doesn't get you. And you're just, ah, what's going on? You can have a peace that passeth all understanding. It's a spiritual blessing. Learn to practice thanking God. Yes, for the physical blessings. But learn to attune your heart toward the spiritual blessings. Number three, practice thanking God both in the good times and in the bad times. The Bible says this, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. I find it interesting that that verse does not say, for everything, give thanks. There are some things that would be really hard to give God thanks for. There's some horrible, awful, nasty things that happen in our world that we, how do you thank God for that? He doesn't say give thanks for everything, but he says in everything give thanks that is no matter what you're going through today no matter how hard life gets no matter how difficult the season is in this moment there is something you can give thanks for in everything give thanks good times and in bad times and i'll say this it probably is even more important to learn to give thanks in the bad times than in the good times it'll do your soul more good in those moments. Practice this thing. The reason I use the word practice is because it doesn't come natural for any of us. Practice thanking God in the good times and in the bad. Number four, don't just be thankful for the blessing of God, but also be thankful to the person of God. See, if we're not careful, we're just thanking God for this and thanking God for, the, uh, for that. And God, thank you for giving me this and thank you for giving me that. And, and all these things that we're thankful for the blessings of God. But I, 
every once in a while, just step back and be thankful to the person of God. God, you are sovereign. You are in control of all that there is. There is nothing that comes into my life that is not father-filtered. God, you are awesome. God, you are great. God, you are in control. You are powerful. You are strong. And I praise you, not just for what you do for me. I praise you for who you are, even when you don't even make sense. I praise you for you. That you are the creator of all that there is. That you are the sustainer of all of life. You are all powerful. You are all knowing. You are everywhere. God, you are awesome. Just worship God for who he is, not just for what he does for you. This is the essence of thanksgiving. Because if all you ever do is thank God for what he does for you, but you're never just thankful to him, you might be missing out on the true heart of what worship really is. Number five, express your gratitude with words both to God and to others. That's what we see in this passage. Jesus declares it with his words. Declares it with his words. I realize for some of us here today, expressing gratitude with our words is a little uncomfortable. It's a little weird for us, but I want you to, I want you to practice expressing gratitude, yes, first to God with your words. God, you're awesome. God, you're worthy of all worship. God, you are amazing. God, and just worship him with the words, but then learn to worship. I mean, learn to continue that spirit of worship all through the good times and through the bad. And then thank others as well. Give your heart of gratitude. Learn to express thanks to your spouse on a regular basis. Husbands, as, as we allow a spirit of thanksgiving to grow within us, learn to verbally express that to those around you. Just developing this idea of thanks to everyone in your life. I'll put this on the screens, but you see, one of the mistakes that we often make in life is that we think gratitude is the result of circumstances. When life's going good, then I'll be thankful. When I get the promotion, then I'll be thankful. When I get the house I've always wanted, then I'll be thankful. See, as, as, as many of us believe that gratitude is a result of circumstances, and I want to say this, it's actually, a, it's actually a result, it's actually a condition of the heart. If you struggle to be grateful, if you struggle with a spirit of thanksgiving, you say, well, I have this circumstance going bad and that circumstance going bad, I get that. But grateful heart and thanksgiving, it's, it's not a result of circumstance. It's a condition of the heart. And so here's the takeaway from this passage. A life filled with thanksgiving often becomes a life filled with miracles. A life filled with thanksgiving, faith-filled gratitude that's, that comes from a place of faith in God becomes a life that experiences and sees and perceives miracles in grand ways that otherwise would not be noticed. Now, I realize there are some hardships that people in this room are going through, and we are not talking about ignoring those hardships, pretending like those hard things don't exist. Thank God, because everything's awesome when it's not. 
it's not about ignoring the realities. It's about seeing through the realities to a grander spiritual reality that God is in control, that he is on the throne, and he works all things together for good to them that love him. It's not ignoring the realities that is. It's looking through those realities to grander spiritual reality. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.